Ignition! <laughs> Hello everybody! Welcome to another episode of HP Critical! It's a podcast where my friends and I talk all things gaming. I'm Drell, and I am joined by Karisti. Hi everybody! And... I don't even know if I can introduce you properly, because... Actually, I... So, for anyone who's listening... Um, you may not know this, but we actually have a Team Rocket member on the podcast tonight, and I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself, Team Rocket member? Well, I'd just like to say real, real quick, uh, prepare for trouble, make it double. Because <laughs> we out here, Team Rocket, the second best villain team of the bunch here. You're, it's your boy out here, Team Rocket Grunt, a.k.a. Team Rocket Executive Brandon in the in the building. And I got oh, my, an executive. And I, and, I, and I got my Jilteon right here. I keep it on me. But because I'm a Team Rocket operator, it's secretly a dark Jilteon. It's about to hit you with that 70 damage base because this is Pokemon TCG rules. Let's get oh, it. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, okay. Also, and more importantly, more importantly than the fact that you have a Team Rocket member right here on this podcast live, we also got... Grayson on chat saying, hello, beautiful people. Happy Pokemon week. And we cannot agree more. Happy Pokemon week. I will be taking all your Pokemon. Thank you very much. I mean, we're all decked out for, 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 we have, we've all got our Pokemon partners currently with us for anyone who's mm-hmm. listening. Mm-hmm. Christy has and an apparently, adorable. Mm-hmm. And apparently Team Rocket, they were totally right about Ash's Pikachu. They, they this were. This whole time. They've been oh, right about Ash's Pikachu this whole time. And now um, Giovanni, he's like watching, you know, the entire, you know, world tournament. And he's like, hmm, they were right. I I should have trusted them to begin with. Now I see why. Can't wait for that so, uh, rematch. Before we, hop, before we hop all into uh, Pokemon, this week, our biggest focus is on uh, drum roll, da 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 game. <laughs> Rillaboom, Rillaboom, go. Our our focus this week is all about Game of the Year awards. Uh, The nominees have all been revealed. You can, as of this recording, go and vote. Also, by the time you guys hear this recording, if you're not watching it currently live, um, Pokemon will be out. And uh, we will all be playing in Paldea, and you can look for some wonderful, fun stuff uh, at hpcritical.com, all about Pokemon. We've had a wonderful Pokemon week. Uh, we got some lovely little polls up there. So far, uh, Team Rocket is winning for the best villain. Um, I don't remember the other stuff currently, but <laughs> there's some other stuff up there. Um, and we're going to continue for the next week. If you go to hpcritical.com, you'll see all our lovely little uh, Pokemon stuff. It's it's really awesome. Shout out to uh, Marissa for helping get some of that stuff up. Anywho, back to business. Um, let's talk all about Game of the Year awards. Yes. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention all of the awards. I'm gonna mention some of the biggest ones, um, and then you just give me your thoughts on each game and the categories, how you feel about it overall. Starting with the big one, excuse me, which is Game of the Year. This is recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields. That's how they have it described as. And the nominees are A Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I'm so... I'm sorry. Xenoblade Chronicles 3. If it sounded like I was laughing, I was not. I was, like, half-choking. I apologize. How dare you? <laughs> no, I realized that when that came out, it can be perceived as if I'm laughing. I'm not. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, those are the game of the year for 2022. 
We've also got uh, Best Game Direction for Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Immortality. We've also got Best Narrative, A Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War, <laughs> Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Immortality. This time I'm laughing because of the pattern that I'm sure you all hear because there were only five games that were released all year. Uh, Best Art Direction, Elden Ring, God of War, Stray, Horizon Forbidden West, and uh, New Entry, Scorn. Oopsie, I pressed the wrong button. Uh, we've also got Best Score in Music, which is always a favorite of mine. Um, a Plague Tale... I'm sure you guys can guess. A Plague Tale Requiem, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, and Metal Hellsinger, which I feel like... Sh- I, never mind. Well, never mind. Um, I'm, uh, there's also Best Audio Design, which I'm going to go through. Uh, best Performance. Uh, we have... Um, yeah, no, skip that one too. Uh, <laughs> games for Impact is one that I actually want to mention as well. It's for a thought-provoking game with a pro-social meaning or message. These are always important. Um, this includes A Memoir Blue, As Dusk Falls, Citizen Sleeper, Endling, Extinction is Forever, Hindsight, and I Was a Teenage Exo-Colonist. Exo excuse me. Um, we've also got Best Ongoing Game, Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy XIV, Fortnite, and Genshin Impact, and I swear... This is the almost the same exact <laughs> yeah, list from last year. Yeah, I was about year. to say. Same last year. It does sound the same. It sounds almost exactly the same. Best Indie is a good one. Uh, we've got Cult of the Lamb, Neon White, Sifu, Stray, and Tunic. Um, that's probably my favorite category, honestly, out of like, all the games that were released. Uh, best Mobile Game, I'm going to skip because my... Oh, I am not because I'm playing one of them. So we've got Apex Legends Mobile... Diablo Immortal, Diablo Immortal, excuse me, Genshin Impact, Marvel Snap, and Tower of Fantasy. No surprises there, I think. Um, yeah. Community support for Fortnite, Final Fantasy XIV, Destiny 2, Apex Legends, and No Man's Sky. Um, innovation and accessibility, which is recognizing software and or hardware that is pushing the medium forward by adding features, technology, and content to help games be played and enjoyed by an even wider audience. This is going to include As Dusk Falls, God of War Ragnarok, Return to Monkey Island, The Last of Us Part 1, and The Quarry. I think that's the Quarry's only, um, only, uh, nomination. I think, um, I think so, too. And, of course, Best Action Game, because you can't have, uh, uh, never mind. Uh, Bayonetta 3, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Neon White, Sifu, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge. Which, is it an action game? I guess so, because yeah. it's in the category. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's All definitely right. an action game. Um, then we've got Best Action Adventure Game, which, do not confuse, for Best Action Game, this one is no. for the Best Action Adventure Game combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving. Mm-hmm. And if you... I'm sure that you guys can guess four of the five here. A Plague Tale Requiem, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, and Tunic. Indeed. Chrissy's um, shocked. <laughs> best best shocked. role-playing game, um, one of our favorites Hell here. Yeah. For the best game designed with rich player character customization and progression, including massively multiplayer experiences. These are going to go to Triangle Strategy. That's a new one on the list. I think it's the mm-hmm. first and only one for Triangle Strategy. Um, two Returners and Elden Ring and Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Live Alive um, is a new one. I think it's mm-hmm. also its only one. And, of course, Pokemon Legends Arceus, which is also a new one and also its only uh, nomination. Um so we got three three new ones in there. Best fighting game, DNF Duel, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, All-Star Battle R, The King of Fighters, uh, 15, Multiverses, and Sifu, which, okay. Uh, best family yeah. game. Sifu a fighter? 
No. Best family <laughs> game. Uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope. Nintendo Switch Sports and Splatoon 3. Okay. That, those are Before those. I move on. Yeah. Is Splatoon 3 like, okay, so maybe I don't know. I've played Splatoon 3. Mm -hmm. Out of all these games, I am not going to sit around at Thanksgiving and grab my family to play Splatoon 3 together. Yep. yep. Definitely not. Do no. that for uh, Lego Star Wars, Nintendo Switch Sports, and does Kirby and the Forgotten Land have a multiplayer? It does, only local. Yeah. I would do those three, maybe. But, like... So I want to I, I want to interject real quick since we're on since we're just staying here for I guess a second uh, on family games, I'm starting to wonder if the definition of family games is starting to become a little skewed as we go in for the years because I always took it to mean games that you play as your family as in like a group or whatever you know so a game like Mario Party would fit in perfectly or Mario Kart basically anything that you can play with the family. It's starting to feel like this is just low key like like games that are made. For the family, like not necessarily like to play together, like but it's for everyone. You mean like exactly rated games? I feel yeah. I, f I feel like that the, over the course of the years, the category is slowly becoming best E for everyone game, and I don't know if I necessarily agree with that being that the case. Because you're right, Splatoon three. It's 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 if, it, if this really was just a category for best E for everyone game, if that's what they mean, then sure, it should definitely get that nomination. But if we're talking best family game to play with, to play with granddad and the Thanksgiving, no, grand granddad, cousin Jim are not gonna all bring their switches so y'all can just play a local Splatoon three game. That game, like you can do local multiplayer matches with Splatoon three, but that game is clearly meant for online. That's what its main thing is. So, you know. I personally feel like any game that you can't play couch co-op should not be a part of the best family option. <laughs> like, anything that requires you to have more than one... Especially because, like, you know, if I was to hang out with my family, I'm not the only person who has a Switch, but I'm probably one of the only people that has a Switch. Um, and then if we can sit down and play something like Smash Bros. together, where I can connect all eight Joy-Cons to one console on TV, that's, um, I think that's a family experience, you know? Mm -hmm. Something like Just Dance, mm -hmm. uh, something like Nintendo Switch Sports. Um, Splatoon 3 is like, oh, we all have to have Switches to be able to play together. Every just single so one needs to Switch and a copy of the game. It's not download play. Yep. Y'all, so that's to 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 if you if you theoretically speaking wanted to get a full on four v four turf war match, y'all need eight switches and eight copies yep. of Splatoon three in in the same room. I'm like, if you can get that going, that could be a really cool experience, no doubt about that. But how many people are doing that, especially yeah. for like a family party, or whatever? And the description for best family, by the way, is for the best game appropriate for family play, irrespective of genre or platform. Even though they're all like basically Nintendo games. Yeah, um, this is usually <laughs> like this is this category is usually like, usually just like best Nintendo game because it almost mm -hmm. always ends up full of like Lego the Skywalker Saga is like the only one that's like not Nintendo that's there, mm -hmm. and it may end up winning that. But I know we're not talking about that, and I just wanted to put that out there. Um, so I, I skipped a few. We're going to go to Best Multiplayer, which includes Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Multiversus, uh, Overwatch 2, Splatoon 3, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge. I think this is probably the category that I agree with the most, because mm -hmm. I think sure. all of these games were um, you know, really, really well done for multiplayer. Um, any comments on this one? Uh, for multiplayer, um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm pretty much in step with you. I don't think I have any more to add on that. Not that it comes to mind at the moment anyway. 
Uh, so we also got Content Creator of the Year, which I'm not going to talk about. Um, I, do, do either of you need to hear the nominees or want to talk about this? Because I will skip it right now. Um, not really. No, I'll, not just, really. I'll just say good for Nobelian getting the nomination after literally leaving Twitter like a few weeks ago. Which I thought was funny. <laughs> Any last I, words? Any final words? I thought that was such a weird oh, nomination. Arguing. I know that people are super excited for it, but I thought that was such a weird nomination because what content did they create? Uh, literally, I, like, well, do you consider Twitter news to be content? Do you consider Twitter news to be content creation? He was pretty consistent about it, so I, per- I personally would. I think for him, it was that he filtered out kind of like the noise from the news and exactly. just gave you the, basically the short and sweet of it, the TLDR. Correct. And, so, he, also, and, he, had, and, he, had a, and he had a Patreon to like help fund that, which he eventually took down because I don't think he was making enough from it or something like that. Or something like that but. Okay, well, I think I have a different definition of content creation. Um, I'm, first of all, I do think that I, I was following him. Mm-hmm. I thought what he was doing was awesome. Mm-hmm. I think it takes a lot of work and, you know, it was wonderful to have him in the industry. I've used a lot of his tweets. I've paid attention to a lot of what he's done. However, if you asked me if it was content creation, like to me, content creation is something that you're making from scratch, not taking something someone else has made and making it more digestible for a community. That is not content creation to me. That is um, curation of content. I don't think that is creation of content. Um, and that's just my... Mm-hmm. So I thought it was yeah, really, That's a fair really point. Yeah, um, I can see either side of it. Like, if I, if I worked really hard to stream, like, content that I create for an audience to, enter, to keep them entertained... Um, I think that is, you know, we have a, sh- we, we, we're, we're writing articles all the time, right? Like how, how you guys know, like you have to sit there and actually create the content and it's not always exactly. easy. Um, and then uh, to, 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 and I, and I'm not bashing him at all, to be fair. Like I mentioned, I think what he did was awesome. Like I, I actually miss him not being on Twitter anymore. What I thought he, he did was awesome, but it, sh- it just seemed really weird to me, which is why I wasn't going to comment on it, but now I have. Um, I feel okay like it because- was just, like a way for them to pay goodwill um to him kind of like they didn't really want to make a new i guess category for him for the game awards so they just kind of lumped him into content creators which i feel but even then i think that doing something different than that would have been better the explanation for content creator of the year is for a streamer or content creator who has made an important and positive impact on the community in 2022 and i think uh did do that Mm -hmm. um however i also think his was more like what you said curation it was much it wasn't really creation but more of a curation it was like a curated view of um you know the gaming news and whatnot i also think anyone outside of gaming news nothing like it's not relevant to a lot of the larger community like Mm -hmm. anyone who is on twitch and watching uh gaming streams who's not necessarily into gaming news it probably didn't reach them but he had a huge reach and um he did a great job uh so best debut indie is uh also neon white norco stray tunic and vampire survivors uh best adaptation this one was so interesting yeah this is an interesting one actually 
It is for recognizing outstanding creative work that faithfully and authentically adapts a video game to another entertainment medium. I think that's so important. Faithfully and authentically adapts a video game to another entertainment medium. These include Arcane, League of Legends, Cyberpunk, Edge Runners, The Cuphead Show, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and Uncharted. Brandon, you wanted to talk about those? Uh, not too much. Uh, real quick, but before I talk about it, though, Grayson was mentioning a little bit. He kind of agrees with you, Drew. His uh, exact words are: uh, instead of lumping him in with content creators, I would say just give him a shout out during the awards or something. But he doesn't need like his own award, I think. I mean, yeah, yeah. But anyway, going to the adaptation, um, I do think this is an interesting category because we're it's we're an interesting time now. Like, obviously, we've always had adaptations of video games into other media shows and movies but i think we're finally starting to get to an era where one is becoming a little more consistent and two the quality is becoming just a little more consistent because uh let's let's be real we we, we've had some trash adaptations over the years but i think we're starting to get starting to get to a point where it's getting a little better like everyone has even people who don't play league of legends have had said almost universal things about arcane for example sonic the hedgehog 2 was Far like I enjoyed the first Sonic the Hedgehog movie, but the Sonic the Hedgehog two was a way better movie in terms of uh, taking the mythos of the Sonic characters. Just for just an example, um, I'm sure this category will probably last for a while because these adaptations are not going away. Like we're literally getting the Last of Us HBO series in January of next year, so I don't think this is necessarily going to go away. Well, I say that I see that maybe not being as a consistent award if they don't have enough. Um, adaptations in that year to go around but i do think between the last of us the super mario brothers movie coming out next year and probably a bunch of other stuff that is not coming to my mind right now um i think this will probably stick around for a little bit um, i'm interested in seeing who ends up taking it this year and future years the only thing i have to say about this which might be a little controversial is that one of these is not in the same caliber as some of the others um quality wise or Okay, yeah, no, no, I, I think, I think, so I'm going to roll this in. I'm actually going to combine this with one of the other topics that you were talking about, which was like uh, the nominees for best fighting games. Um, sometimes, sometimes, and I think we can all agree on this. Sometimes if you're, if you have a category, you do have to scrape the bottom of the barrel to like make sure that you get that thing filled. Um, I rem- I still to this day remember the game awards that was presented by um, uh, the actor that played, the actors from uh, The Karate Kid. They were talking about the fighting games, and one of the nominations was the One Punch Man uh, hero nobody knows. And I'm just like, bro, that game is not that great. <laughs> but they had to because they didn't have enough fighting games that year, so they had to put that in the nomination, um, just as an example. And I think that's I just, it. Yeah. I, I just think just don't add it. Because uh, because I've seen Arcane League of Legends, and I've seen Cyberpunk Edge Runners, and I've seen the Cuphead show. One I like. Cyberpunk and Arcane are so, so good. Like, they are such good shows that you don't need to be fans of the genre to, like, go out and watch. And they they just did such an amazing job with uh, what they've worked with. I haven't finished Cyberpunk as runners. I hear that it kind of tears off at the end. But uh, beginning and middle, that show is freaking amazing. Like, it's... And I loved Arcane. Uh, but Cyberpunk is just, like, out of all of these... Definitely my personal favorite, um, and it does seem like it's on a different le- like those two seem like they're on a different level from something like the Cuphead show, which was also good and fun, um, but it's just wh- whatever. Yeah, I mean, 
like I said, it's, I, at that point, I think it's probably just filling it out. Like nothing against Uncharted. I, I'm sure I haven't personally seen it. I'm sure it's a perfectly fun movie. But we're talking about the difference between just like go is fun to watch and be like you know quality, which again is a subjective thing. But when we're talking about like that big a difference, I think it's pretty clear which ones people are going to favor. I really feel like this is going to be bet- <laughs> it's going to be between the other four for sure. Like uh, Uncharted is, pro- is probably not going to become close to the votes for the other four but we'll see who ends up taking it i'm curious to see who as well well there is one category that we all already know who the winner is going to be oh and what's that Jarrell? that's the most anticipated game category which is for recognizing an announced game that is demonstrably illustrated potential to push the gaming media forward mm, so what are the nominees for that one i'm actually curious um, that, that's the that's the one i didn't actually look at actually Ah, okay, well, it is going to be uh, Final Fantasy 16, Hogwarts Legacy, Resident Evil 4, Starfield, and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Ooh. There is no yeah. need for yes. this. Yeah. I, There's I, literally I, no I'm need for this. surprised that Resident Evil 4 is on there, but okay. I'm surprised. Okay, let me... Let me break down to y'all why there's no need for this category. The winner is The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Correct. It is the only game aside from Resident Evil 4 here that hasn't had any controversy surrounding its release. Number and, one. And Resident Evil 4 is also a remake. That was going to be my point And there, And, you know, despite the fact that the previews for Resident Evil 4 have looked very good, there's going to, there's still very much some trepidation over the game because... Resident Evil 4, among the fans, is considered more or less a perfect Resident Evil game. They adore 4, and they want so badly for the remake to be as good, if not better, than the original, and they're just worried that it will not be. Like, it's very tough when you're remaking such a beloved game. So, there's that. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, uh, what was I saying? Yeah, no, the Tears oh, yeah, of the Kingdom yeah, yeah. was going yeah, yeah, yeah. to clean up this. Um, and also, yeah, it's... You, know, it's, you know, it's funny, too. <laughs> this is now the second year in a row that it's been nominated. I remember in last year's of the Game Awards where it was on this nomination for Most Anticipated Game, but that was before it had its title. So I remember very clearly it was just like, the nominees are Elden Ring, da-da-da, the sequel to Legend of Zelda, The Breath of, Breath of the Wild. And I was just like, that was my personal pick, by the way, and... I think it came very close. You gotta pick it again. <laughs> I, I guess I'll just pick it again now that we have the title. <laughs> I think I, I think in the polls it did come very close, but people were really hyped about the Elden Ring, and you know it is what it is. But I think I think now that 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 is out of the way, I think Tears of the Kingdom is going to be the one to clean up this one. Yeah, I think um, Resident Evil Four not only is it a remake, but it is um, very a very nuanced choice for horror theme fans. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody loves Breath of the Wild. Like this isn't like you don't have to like open world games to like Breath of the Wild. Um, I say that generally because obviously sure. you do. Um, but a lot of people who aren't Zelda fans came into uh, Breath of the Wild with a fresh open mind, and it's been something that people when your game when you compare your game to like when your game becomes a genre basically because Breath of the Wild is almost its own genre and it's uh, so open to so many people. You it's hard to compare so. Resident Evil, I think, is too too uh, nuanced to be Tears of the Kingdom. People saw Starfield and said it looked bad um, when it was first revealed, including me. Well, uh, hold on, I, hold on, hold on. Some people did, yes. I, I won't necessarily disagree with that. But a lot of the complaints I heard about Starfield was like, this game is too big. 
It's just like that's the most common thing I heard when people like when uh when uh Todd Howard did his uh, presentation on Starfield and was talking about the size of the game, how many planets of the game. So many people recoiled. It was like, oh, that sounds too long. I'm not gonna play this now. So, but I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you, Jarrell. I'm. I, I if anything, I'm just kind of like showing that like Starfield. I think is an anticipated game for some, but it's very divisive because there's a lot of people that think it looks bad or just think it's too big or both. Yeah. Um. Uh. For me, it was. It was that it just looked really bad <laughs> because Tim. I. I. I can't remember now. I think. I, I can't remember now. I compared it to like Fallout 4 on Xbox Series X or something. Like it looked really badly textured. It was very much a Bethesda game. Like it, it was very much a, like a it looked like a last gen Bethesda game, and it just looked like something. Uh, they ad, I think they advertised it as one thing, and it ended up looking like something else, and it just became uh, very divisive. So uh, and sure. this is just me talking about all the issues that all these other games had. So that one had issues after its reveal. Um, Hogwarts Legacy had issues since its initial announcement because of the whole JK Rowling issue um, and her her stance, which I'm not going to get into. So that game already has some issues. Mm. And it's coming out fairly soon. It is, yeah. Um, uh, Isn't it then, early, like, like, next year? February, yes. February I want to say it. Oh, no, it might, it might be January. It's January or February, one of the two. Either way, within... Yeah, it's coming out fairly soon. Really soon, really soon, yeah. So I think it's really weird to have this game here when it comes out so so soon, but whatever. That one's got controversy. Starville's got controversy, and of course Naoki Yoshida coming out with his uh, uh, I don't want black people in my fantasy game thing has also destroyed Final Fantasy 16 for quite a lot of people, so that also had controversy, and I think the only game here, the only two games here that haven't had controversy are Resident Evil 4 and Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, and only one of them is... Uh, uh, enough of a widespread genre that it's going to reach more people. So this mm-hmm. is like a, a dead given giveaway category, I think. it's. Uh, but you know, I guess we got to do it. And then there's a bunch of esports stuff that I'm going to skip. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> and that's the Game Awards. So I know I skipped some in the beginning, um, including uh, Best Narrative, Game of the Year. Were there any, any of those that you guys wanted to speak on? Yes, I want to talk no. about the actual Game of the Year nominees myself. Um, first off, <laughs> uh, Grayson had said this like way earlier, but I didn't get a chance to talk about it. He said the Xenoblade fans are getting their pitchforks, which I don't know if I d- agree with that, or at least I hope that I, I can agree with that, because Xenoblade for the first time is not really like, okay, so Definitive Edition, you know, when that came out, didn't get any nominations, and people were debating whether it even should since it was a remake, you know, Um but going back to Xenoblade Chronicles 2, that never got any, like, notification whatsoever despite despite it. So, what I'm trying to get at here is that, <laughs> is that Xenoblade fans have been mad that the series has been kind of, like, passed over all these times for all these different entries for one reason or another. So a lot of people were making the memes like, ah, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is going to get passed. It's not going to get any nominations. It's getting freaking nominated for Game of the Year. Now, I don't think it's going to win that, but I think the fact that it's even getting nominated for it, I think, is a huge honor. And I would hope the Xenoblade fans are not getting their pitchforks because it got freaking nominated. Like, what more do you want? It's not beating the other <laughs> nominees on the, there. Like, I'm just saying. I thought he meant, like, getting your pitchforks to, like, go destroy all the others in the category. Maybe. And, like, go vote. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what they're doing. They're going to, going to war for Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Yeah, I mean, more power to them. I will say, <laughs> though, one th- I will say, I'm going to talk I'm gonna talk more about the nominees in a second, but one thing I love about the Game Wars that they've been doing the last few years, now that they've had the orchestra, is the best thing ever. It's like, 
the orchestra that plays like before they announce game of the year, like it goes through like a medley of all the nominee games. I freaking love that so much. It is so great. I, I I will never get over how in 2020 we heard the orchestra of them doing orchestrated version of the uh, New Horizons theme and then immediately transition into like Hades. It was it was and don't forget FF7. Yeah, no, that, that was, was that year too, right? It was 2020 was See, a yeah that was a great year for gaming. It was. That's what I'm talking about. I don't care about any of these soundtracks. I care a little about the Xenoblade Chronicles soundtrack right. only because, like, I haven't played Xenoblade Chronicles three, but I've definitely heard a song here or there. Like, that game is known for its really good score, so I'm excited to hear the little chip medley. That's that's whatever that's in there. And Ragnarok, God of War has also had some pretty good music as well. Um, for you, I like it. Yeah, you're right. It is for me. <laughs> um, I'm just saying. I, I just wanted to say it for you because you're, mm, it's all right. Grayson also says that was also Tsushima and Last of Us. That's true. Yeah, so we also heard Last of Us music and Tsushima music that year. No, that was a that was a good medley. That was a good medley that year, straight up. Um, yeah, so all that to say, all these nominees, uh, I haven't played any of them. <laughs> like, none of the six. I haven't played any of them this year. Uh, there are several of them that I want. There, there, there are several of them that I want to play. Like, I've touched the, the original God of War. The 2018 God of War. Damn it, I always have to specify that. Um, and I know it's a good game. I just haven't really gotten around to playing a whole bunch of it, and I've always wanted to play Horizon. The, the, there's a lot. The, the summary is there's a lot of games there that I want to play that I just haven't already. So I think this is like the first time in like years where there's like a game of the year nominations where all six of them I have not played any of them, and it's a feel bad. But you know, I got other games to play, and uh, my game of the my personal game of the year is not even among those six. So there you go. I was so confused when I saw this list. I mean, I knew, I knew, okay, let me correct myself. Sure. I knew that uh, Elden Ring and God of War and Horizon Forbidden West would be on the list. Or at least yes. I knew Elden Ring and God of War would be on the list, for sure, for sure. I figured Horizon um, would be I, as well. It was the other three that I I had no idea what they were going to be. I've played two of these six games. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, even though I've played two of these six games, one of them is the clear winner. <laughs> I'm looking at this list, and one of these games is the clear winner. I'm familiar with A Plague Tale Requiem. I know a lot of people loved it. I've uh, read a lot about it. I know a little bit of the mechanics, etc. And I'm sure it's a really, really great game. Um, God of War Ragnarok, I keep getting, I keep hearing it's just uh, tied down because it's still catering to PS4, and it's uh, it's got some some leftover issues with its UI and controls that should have been fixed, but instead of fixing things, it kind of went the if it ain't broke, don't fix it route and kind of left things, so it's feeling a little stale for some people. Um, although I hear the story's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West, it always had... I don't... One of you will have to remind me what game it was, but every time it comes out, it is overshadowed by another game. I don't remember yep. what game it was this year. Do you guys remember what game Elden it was? Ring! It was... El- <laughs> it El- was Elden Ring! Great! So it's, a, you know, another forgettable issue, uh, another forgettable release, rather, because of Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. Stray, I played Stray. It is super, super adorable. I had to stop playing it because at the time that I was playing it, my cat got into an accident. It was really, really bad. And we had to go to the vet. And, like, me playing that game, I just broke down crying. I couldn't play it anymore. Um, mm-hmm. but because, like, because of what happens to the cat in the beginning. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't mentally take this. But 
It is a beautiful, <laughs> adorable, super cute game, oh, but true. it is not at all a game of the year contender. And then um, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, I saw it. Also, to me, not a game of the year contender. There's really only one game that I think encompasses an all-around great creative experience, um, and that is that's it. And and when I say that, I mean game a game that allows you to just it gives that Breath of the Wild uh, air, but it also is a game that if you don't like from software games like me, because I don't like from software games, you can still attempt to play and try and enjoy. Elden Ring without being a fan of that that genre and I think you can't really say that for any of these other games like you can't not be a JRPG fan and play Xenoblade Chronicles 3 like that's just not gonna happen because the grind is gonna be there you have a ton of characters they're doing a bunch of anime stuff like you really have to be into that um God of War and Horizon, you have to be into action games, and you have to, you've got to be concerned about narrative. Um, uh, Stray, you just gotta like cats. Like, if you don't like cats, then you're, you're kind of stuck. Uh, and then the narrative is gonna go along with the Playtale Requiem, which is gonna be, you know, you gotta like puzzles, you gotta like adventure stuff. Elden Ring, I think, because it allows you to, it allows you to tackle things in your own way, I think it kind of outpaces all of the games here because you you get to try and fail and learn to succeed. You can also quit. It's still it's of course it's not for everyone, but I think they have such an interesting formula with Elden Ring, with the lore tidbits, with what you can learn from the game if you want to, with the open world that you get to explore that none of these other games have. Like well, you were laughing. What happened? Was there a comment? There was from Grayson because he 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 more or less <laughs> agreed with your statement by saying I dropped Horizon so fast for Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean it, it, that that's just what it is, and I think it, Elden Ring deserves to be Game of the Year. I, I I was actually shocked because I just kept thinking, is this all that we released in 2022? Like, there's nothing else that deserves to be. Not to say that these games don't. But I think Elden Ring is in a league of its own here, and that's uh, disappointing. Uh, even when we were talking about 2020, you had Final Fantasy Remake with uh, 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 Ghost of Tsushima and uh, Animal Crossing. And each of those brought something so unique to the table. Like, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake defined what Remake meant for, you know, the, the, the gaming industry as a whole. Like, we don't see the word Remake the same anymore. Um, Ghost of Tsushima at the tail end of the PS4 was doing things we hadn't seen. I remember seeing that trailer and being like, oh my god, the grass, guys. <laughs> like, do you guys see what this grass can do in this game? That's amazing. And then, you know, Animal Crossing just transformed the entire world like Pokemon Go. Um, so, like, even though they're not the same caliber of game, they all brought something brand new to the table. And I don't see innovation in any of these nominees except for. Elden Ring. Like, I, I don't see any developer trying something new with any of these titles to really make them stand out. And so that's why I was just like, damn, is this really all we have for Game of the Year this year? It kind of seems like we're we're missing out on stuff. But, I mean, next year is going to be packed. So the, the real issue is that Pokemon's coming out too late to be a contender. That's... Uh, that, that's the real issue! Honestly. Um... What I was gonna say was like, yeah, um, the fact that that all the nominees, a lot of people, I see a lot of people taking to the internet to say like that because of these are the nominees that oh man, twenty twenty two wasn't that great a year of gaming. Um, if you're if you're into like the AAA experiences, 
like these big blockbuster hits, I think there's some merit to be had there. That being said, I think there was a lot of other niche uh, games that came out this year that I think for the more the enthusiasts could probably like really dig their um, dig their heels into. Like for me, I had a pretty good year. The, the 2022, I think, was a pretty good year for gaming. For me, I'm good to be very clear. Like there's a lot of games this year that I had the problem that there's a lot, literally too many games that I can't play. That so I, I lot of had to put a lot of them that I wanted to play on the back burner in favor of of uh, of other games. And that's a very me me, me problem. But uh, I think if you yeah no this 2022 I think is the year of the niche. Whereas I think other years are going to be more of the uh, quote all around gamers. Like the fact that we're getting Tears of the Kingdom next year, for example, along with Final Fantasy. Like all the games that we have in the category for upcoming, like best upcoming game, I think can be real contenders for Game of the Year next year, potentially, if they come out as well as uh, people are hoping they will. Yeah, I completely uh, agree with that. Um,. Okay, so Christy, what's your game of the year pick from those? Um, I even if you haven't played, none. I know, of even those. if you haven't played, if you have I'm to choose, go them. and vote with Jarrell on Elden Ring. Yes, Brandon, and because you? I mean, Gabe, he talks about Elden Ring all the time. <laughs> all, so the time. Right there. all the There's time. All the time. Brendan, what about you? This may surprise some people. Uh, again, like uh, I'll reiterate for the people that listen that I haven't played any of them, but I uh, but my answer might still end up surprising people uh, because I, no, that's why it's surprising uh, that it's not Xenoblade Chronicles Three. I do want to play them because I enjoyed the original. I just didn't have t- that's again didn't have time for it at the time. So I think I would really enjoy three. But my answer is actually going to be Horizon Forbidden West because I have played a very little bit of Zero Dawn and I really liked it. It's just you know. Um, that game came out the same week as Breath of the Wild. So I played it for a little bit and haven't gone back to it since then. Um, but for what I little I played, I really like. So when I eventually get time for it, I will. And if Forbidden West is just that, but more, then no, yeah, I think that I think it's a safe bet to play that if in an alternate world where I did have time to play Forbidden West this year, I think it would have been my pick. Oh my god, you just reminded me. I did play Forbidden West. Really now? Wow, I did. I did. I completely forgot. I did. Um, because my best friend has the game. She bought the collector's edition with the little elephant machine thing. And I went over and I played on her file and I destroyed everything. She was very upset. Um, because she was like almost done with the game. So that's a whole nother story. But I did play Forbidden West. It was fun for like five minutes. Damn. Only five. No, no like it was. No, no, no. I mean, I only played for like five minutes. It was fun. It was a good okay, game. Okay, okay. I got you. Yeah. So, so I'm kind, sorry. So, so kind of <laughs> like me. It wasn't just five minutes for me. It was a little longer, but not much longer, just to say that. Still don't think it touches Elden Ring, but it was a good game. Um, it was. It so was. I, I'm, I'm surprised I played three of the. F- six look at me um yeah play three of the six uh, so one of the other things that i wanted to talk about before we move away from the game awards is the uh oh actually christy and brandon what are uh game of the year nominees that you would put forth if you could for something that you have played this year that came out this year if anything are you mine was almost all backlogs to be honest so can't really say anything. <laughs> that was nothing. Kind of, <laughs> I only played backlogs. That was uh, interesting that she says that because that was that was kind of last year for me. Twenty twenty one was the year where I went kind of went to the backlog and kind of finished a lot of games that I hadn't finished. Um, like 
yeah, no, that's that was pretty much what 2021 was. 2022 was was current games. It was just again nothing that's really nominated. So so I have to clarify, Jarrell, um, your question. When you say what games would you put as nominees, are you asking us what we personally would want there, or are you asking what we think like should have been nominated, like from object more of an objective standpoint, but didn't? From something you played this year was the only parameter I put. Something we played this year, well. Uh, that came out this year. That came out this year, yeah. Uh, my personal pick is El. Uh, I was gonna say El Reno. <laughs> oh god, no. My personal pick is Triangle Strategy. I think a lot. Of, it is a niche game. That's one of those games I was talking about where I played a lot of the more niche games. But I, but, I, but, but uh, I do I do I do strongly feel that that game is a sleeper hit, and I think a lot of people were sleeping on it. Indeed, like it's oh, it's great. Which reminds me. I've been playing Harvestella, so maybe I should just do Harvestella instead. Hey, Harvestella is great. It is great. It's great. Uh, we should have more RPGs to let you farm. It's great. Um, also, the only reason I laughed is because uh, when you said um, Triangle Strategy, I still haven't played it yet, but when you yeah. said Triangle Strategy, I laughed because um, earlier today, Christy mentioned, I can't wait until you play Triangle Strategy. Yeah. Yes, and it just reminded me, so anyone who, for everyone, for context here, I was uh, very excited because um, the new trailer for Fire Emblem Engage came out. And Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, the point is, there are no black people in Triangle Strategy, and Christy reminded me that there are no black people in Triangle Strategy. There's, like, only three. Not enough. Not enough. Is, 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 which, there's not enough. Yeah. Which also reminded me of, I think yesterday I was talking to a wonderful friend of the show, Sterling, um, and we had had a conversation about, uh, the topics in Triangle Strategy and maybe minor spoiler, but one of the topics was racism. Um, mm-hmm. but he yeah. said it was handled, yeah. he was, he said it was handled via, uh, hair color. Yes. Which yes. I was like, mm. yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, they don't like the people with pink hair. So they did not like Frederica. Yeah. And oh like, my God. And Frederica. Wait, I need this game. Okay. Okay, We're, don't spoil the game. I haven't yeah. played it yet. Yeah, but yeah, that's why I was for context. That was why I was laughing. Mm-hmm. Um, the other, in thing which that... case, if you want to play a game that deals pretty, that deals with racism pretty well, uh, Fire Emblem, Radiant Dawn, and the Path of Radiance. Is it like actual racism? Like they have black people? Mm-hmm. Um, there, there they are, have the lagoons. There, there's colored people. Yeah. I would like to say there's colored people, black, not, Nyla, not Ny- really. Nyla's black. <laughs> okay, let's Nyla. move on. Yeah, isn't she like the cat queen? <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on because watching y'all struggle right now is like so to, 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 I would, I, I so, like, so Christy, I like on a technicality, yeah. on a technicality, she can be, however, I think she is still a bit of like you know the hollywood standard of black mm-hmm. i understand yes i got you. I now got christy you. i would love to play fire path radiance and radiant dawn so you know the balls in if nintendo, nintendo that's what... and can you know bring it bring so it. the last thing that i will say about the game awards is asking you guys opinion on best narrative because i know that this has been an issue mm-hmm. for quite a few people um that uh the the nominees were a plague tale requiem elden ring god of war ragnarok horizon forbidden west and immortality um a lot of people were saying that they don't believe, that um 
God of War, God of War, uh, Elden Ring should be, don't do it, that Elden Ring should be nominated. I'm sorry, the, the it's gonna do it! I'm so sorry. Not <laughs> I looking cool, Whatever, let's just move on. Unless you guys want to talk about Elden Ring <laughs> nope. being a part of Best Narrative. Nope. Okay. No, the, no, I, no, I don't no. have much to say about it. Nope. Yeah. I, I still think that, you know, Arceus was actually pretty good. Which leads on to our next topic, right? What was the story of Arceus? Is there a story there? Not really, but I'm trying to, you know, segue into the, our next topic, and apparently it failed. So let's go on. I, I like how, I like how, like, Legendary is Loki and Isekai. And they didn't reveal that before the game came out, which is funny. Like, like the pre-marketing for like, let me tell you, like, I think this will end up being a good segue once I'm gonna finish this. Like, Pokemon has, I think, has gotten better overall with its marketing because they tell you, I think, enough to make you want to play the game. But then, even within when you first boot it up, there's still like a lot of surprises. Like Legends Arceus. The big question was, like, what the heck is the deal with this character having a phone in, like, ancient Sinnoh and whatever? And who is this character? Like, literally then minute one, you're like, oh, you're not from this world. It's a, it's an isekai. You're, you came to the past. And Arceus get, turned your regular cell phone device that you had in present day into the Arceus phone that you use in the game. So, you know, it ended up working out. So I, that that's to say that you know Scarlet and Violet hasn't told us a lot of things. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited sorry, to see what what happens when we come I in. I'm so sorry, y'all. I was talking about Harvest Elder next, and I see that both of you tried to give me Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait, I'm hey, so sorry. Hey, I, 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 hey, hey, Jarrell, Jarrell, hey, Jarrell. I wonder, I, you know, Pokemon's an RPG. I wonder if there's any farming mechanics we don't know about yet. Well, uh, there might be, but you know, a game that does have farming. What mechanics. ass farming mechanics? <laughs> was second place in a huge week for OLED sales uh, on the Japanese charts. This is from Nintendo Life. Uh. Um, Splatoon 3 had uh, 51,715. Harvestella debuted with 26,664, which, you know, that's a big difference. However, for a, a brand new IP um developed by Square Enix that is you know a, a test to see if this even worked the whole JRPG slash um uh farming simulator it came out in second place in uh Japanese sales and I just thought that was so so interesting because it really shows you um what people are currently playing and what people are are uh are gravitating towards and I think also it's a very good indicator of why Sword and Shield pre-sales have been so huge and why it's looking to be one of the biggest games of like all time in the Pokemon Jordan franchise. Field? Sorry, um Scarlet and Violet. Scarlet and Violet? Yes, my bad. Uh why Scarlet and Violet is looking to be one of the biggest games in the Pokemon series um coming up. Uh also, moving on from there, uh Sonic Frontiers director says that he's taking feedback seriously. Morio Kishimoto says that the Sonic team is taking feedback from players and critics. This is from VideoGameChronicles.com. The director of Sonic Frontiers has suggested there are still some areas in which the game can be improved. Um, he posted a tweet on Friday in which he stated that the Sonic team was studying the feedback from players and critics and taking that into account. He likened Sonic Frontiers' release to a global playtest, suggesting that he doesn't consider the game's release to be the end of the story. Uh, quote, I'm sorry I haven't contacted you until now because we've been busy since the release date. I'm, re I'm relieved that the release date has arrived and that the game seems to have reached everyone safely. 
we're checking out the opinions of critics and players as you pointed out there's still areas where we're not quite there yet and we will take this seriously like a global playtest so that's what he said the problem was when he said that a lot of people took the context of him calling the game a global playtest and ran with it and assumed that he was saying that y'all just paid sixty dollars for a global pay for a global play test for a game that's not done no that's not what he said however it was a little controversial this week do mm. you guys have anything to add to that story uh, a little bit, like like I I understood what he meant from the start. So I th- this whole controversy really didn't reach my ears. I was like, I get it because a lot of the reviews of Sonic Frontiers, it's getting a lot of seven out of tens, and I think deservedly so. Like it's the best Sonic game we've had in years, without a question, because of a lot of the new um, mechanics that were introduced. It's it's refined a lot of the rec- controls. The storyline is miles better than what they've done in like past years. But yeah, no, there are some flaws there that do need to be addressed. And I will say, uh, a Sonic Frontier sequel that does take in this feedback and just has a little more refinement and polish could legitimately, and I'd say this with no uh, with no exaggeration, could legitimately be a contender for Game of the Year when such a game comes out. If the, if you get the Front Frontier's formula and just give it a little more polish and love. Because it has the potential. It really does. Yeah. So, I came out with really, really good reviews, too, except for that one. Like, people really enjoyed it. And the more I saw of it, the more I personally wanted to play it myself. I actually considered buying it when I saw it on sale recently, um, which is a stark contrast from everyone who was hating on it after the initial... I think it was, like, an initial um, trailer or comment by the director. There was some issue that I don't remember fully. Oh, yeah. Let's, Let's... be perfectly clear this game's marketing was not 10 out of 10 it was very mm. su- it was very subpar between the footage they decided to show first the off the, the the weird comments about it like a lot of unfortunately there was in the marketing side there was a lot going against this game um it's just unfortunate that at least the final product it did end up being um something that sonic fans can uh, really enjoy i will also just throw in this real quick about regarding sonic frontiers uh, it's one of the few open world games that I really take to because I'm not a huge open world person because they're, they're quite frankly they're quite long and there's a lot of other games I have to play. Um, I can only name three like, like there's only like a handful of open world games that I've really taken to like Breath of the Wild is obviously one. Uh, 2018 Spider Man was another. GTA Five. This may I haven't had enough time with Sonic Frontiers because I've been doing so much other stuff. But when I get more time with it, it may end up getting up on that short list because it. Just running around in Sonic is just so much fun. It really, it really is. It's they, it's it was I think the perfect genre to put Sonic in since he just runs so fast. It yeah, just, just let him run around. Just run around open, open field. Chaos. Yeah, it's great. But yeah, that's and, all um, I say. The reason that I know Brandon feels that way is because if you haven't been to Age for Critical, then you haven't seen his impressions of Sonic Frontiers. That's um, right. Go to agecritical.com. It is right there on the front on our lovely little mm-hmm. carousel. Uh, let's check it out. Uh, he did enjoy it. And um, there's also a stream somewhere of him playing it, maybe. Right. If it's still available, I don't know. Um, maybe it is. I'm just advertising things here. Uh, anyway, um, so I, I am going to go ahead. We're going to end a little bit early tonight. Uh, sorry, everybody. But before we end, I just want to do a few more a few more conversations. Um, 
Netflix is adding a feature that lets you kick kick your ex off of your account. This is from IGN. The new feature called Manage Access and Devices lets you see the devices that are logged into your account, which profiles they use, and where each device is located. You can then individually sign out of the devices that are logged into your account. Microsoft's Xbox chief has settled the Call of Duty on PlayStation debate once and for all. Appearing on the Verge's Decoder podcast, Spencer says he's open to a longer-term commitment that Sony would be comfortable with. Um, he basically just goes on to say, this isn't like uh, this is not a ploy. I'm not trying to hide anything. Uh, play, people will be able to play Call of Duty on PlayStation as long as people want to continue to play Call of Duty on PlayStation. That's what he um, said. Um, there's also a, an article over at GameSpot uh, where Phil Spencer says that Activision Blizzard deal is focused on Candy Crush, not Call of Duty. Um so we'll see what, how that works. Anyway, uh, I did mention we're going to end a little bit early. So the last thing I want to talk about is Pokemon um, Scarlet and Violet. Yeah. Uh, as mentioned, if you're listening later on, by the time you hear this, it'll be out. A lot of us are super duper prepared. You'll see some more coverage over at hpcritical.com of what we've got to talk about for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, including an impressions piece and an impressions conversation that'll be coming up soon-ish after the game is released. Uh, we will also be having a launch stream of... Uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet Friday evening uh, by Brandon. You might see me there. You might not. You might see Christy there. You might not. I believe you will. We'll see. Um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, um, you can come back and check out aceforcritical.com. We're going to be doing an entire playthrough of uh, Scarlet uh, and Violet, specifically Violet, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Correct. The stream playthrough will be Violet. Perfect. Um, so before I let you guys go, let's talk a little bit about uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Uh, as as of now, huh? What are There's the... a Pikachu and a Mimikyu. That's, That's all, all I need to know. <laughs> That's yeah. all I thought I thought she was saying whatever your question is. The answer is Pikachu and Mimikyu. <laughs> I mean, probably. Um, so I want to play a little game with you guys, but before I do, that, Mimikyu, a very fast game. It, uh, Mimikyu is not an option. Uh, Mimikyu is not an option. But before I do, um, I, uh, it's gonna be a very fast game. But before I do, I've probably uh, no. You know what? I'm not gonna do that. We're just gonna go straight into the game, and it's gonna be uh, catch or pass. And it's gonna be, pass. Yeah, it's very simple. It's kind of like Smash or Pass, except for it's Catch or Pass. So I'm going to name one of the Pokemon that are in Scarlet and Violet, and then you guys let me know whether it's something you would catch or you would just be like, uh, not interested, okay? Okay, I'm good. Let's go. Okay, let's go. All right, first one, Pikachu. Catch, catch. or Pass. Catch. That was... Oh, my God, I love this. So fast. Uh, Sprigatito. Catch. catch. By the way, you can only pick... Uh, sorry, you can only pick one of the, one of the starters. Oh, so, then the I'll ask again. I'll, got, I'll ask again. Sprigatito. Pass. Catch. All right. Fuecoco. Catch. Pass. Quaxley. Pass. Pass. Miraidon. Miraidon. Catch. I'm playing Scarlet, so unfortunately that's a pass. Coridon. Pass. pass. Because I'm playing Violet. Oh my god. Bellybolt. <laughs> pass. Oh my god, I'm learning so much. Look at his like, little pink <laughs> eyes. It's the cutest little thing ever. Okay, and I'm like, I can't realize in front. Like, before I continue, Brandon, why was that a pass? Uh, How dare it's, you? It's not going to be on my team. I like it. It's not going to be on my team, though. Uh, so you're not going to cash it at all? For the Pokedex. He's not going to complete his Pokedex. He's not going to complete on. his Pokedex. Are we talking about the, so, are we talking about the Poke, no. like, Pokedex thing? Because if it's a Pokedex, I'm going to catch everything, of course. No, but... I'm talking about potential team members. Sure, I'll go with potential team members. That's more okay. interesting. Titan. Then it's pass, uh, yes. Catch uh, or pass? Titan. Uh, pass. Wait, 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 what? Satitan. Satitan. The big white whale thingy with spikes. 
Mm, pass. Damn, nobody likes the Titan. What's wrong with the Titan? I mean, I'm passing, but what's wrong with the Titan? <laughs> nah, is it aesthetics? You just don't like the way it looks? It not interested in ice Pokemon or water or whatever? I actually do it's like ice Pokemon. ice Pokemon. I actually do like ice Pokemon, but no, this one's just not grabbing me personally. Cyclozar. Ooh. Catch. Mm, pass. <laughs> For Rigoraf. Catch! Catch. I love giraffes. <laughs> okay, Fido. Pass. Oh, he's so cute. A random? Did you say pass on Fido? I did. He's not going to complete his Pokedex, Jarrell. We already know this. We, we've discussed <laughs> this. He's not completing his Pokedex. It's a, purebred, it's a purebred Doge, but, uh, you know, I'll let it be free in the wild uh, while I have other Pokemon. Right I am so disappointed in you. Give me Ghoul. Pass. <laughs> He's kind of cute. Catch. What? Chris? I'm learning so much about you guys right now. I think he's not cute at all. Oh my god. Okay. He's kind of. It's Girl. like, you know, one of those dream eaters from Kingdom Hearts, Dream Drop Distance. You uh, know, that they're kind of weird, kind of strange, kind of creepy, kind of cute. Darn, I love the dream eaters. You kind of win me uh, over. <laughs> Grafai. Pass. But we already went over Grafai. No, we know it's Rigoraf. Oh. Grafai is a little, like, graffiti monkey looking thing mm -hmm. with the oh, little yeah, poison finger. Uh, you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't oh. wait to play with Christy and then she's like, should I do it? <laughs> I'm also going to have to, like, look back at this podcast as, like, reference material for, like, what Pokemon we're catching in our Violet playthrough since she's my co-host. Did you say uh, catch or pass to Grafai? I missed it. I said pass. And Chrissy, what was your final decision? I mean, catch, pass. Could work on my <laughs> team, could not work on my team, catch. Okay. Uh, Grievard. Grievard. I'm going to say catch. catch. I'm going to say catch. Even though, he, like, you know, he, he'll kill me in the end. We're here for a good time, not for a long time. Wow. <laughs> Cloth. Pass. Catch. You want that? Crap. No, I'm sorry. Oh, so Why judgmental. Not? I'm so sorry. Yes. Why not? Yeah, you're right. I, you're right. Lechonk. Uh, catch. You know, big catch. catch. All right. Catch. Cool. He grabbed me. A Paldean Whooper. Catch. Palmy. Catch. Catch. Even though he's the thing. <laughs> he can chill. Smolive. Catch. Pass. I'm sorry. <laughs> Brandon. Smolov needs a home. It, I it, know. It, it, it's home will be with you too. You will be loving loving parents to the smallest. Well, granted, granted, we, we discussed this, Jarrell. If Brandon completes the Pokedex, we know he's lying in this podcast. Fair. And finally, Wiglet. Catch. <laughs> pass. Hard pass. Brandon. Bro. <laughs> So you would I, I, pass I, 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 on Smolive, but catch a Wiglet? And I'll tell you why. I have two reasons why. Please tell me why. <laughs> Reason number one. Um, I mentioned it in our previous episode of the podcast. The actual, the initial reveal for Wiglet made me not want it. The actual trailer that was posted for Wiglet made me want it, though, because it was playing with the Diglet. They're friends. It's cute. I think I was like, oh, it's cute. I like it now. 
it was that simple. The second reason uh, is kind of a reason of spite because y'all are out here like bashing Wiglet, saying it's terrible, and that you know, I the fact that y'all bullying it so much means I want to protect it more. So Brandon, to, to, to keep with Jarrell's like running, you know, thing that Jarrell has, you know, running for a long time with Wiglet. Mm-hmm. Are we going to name you know Wiglet, you know, after a certain podcast member who's not here? I vote for yes. Well, there you go. Well, there, there you go. Y'all heard it here first. Uh, tune into our Violet playthrough where we will be catching yeah, a Wiglet and me yeah. naming it after a certain podcast member who is not here. Um, speaking of, this, I, I'm so ex- I'm so interested to find out how this is going to work um, because uh, speaking of Wiglet, it is not a Paldean variant of Diglet. Correct. It is not. Um, as a matter of fact, we have uh, a few, or at least we've heard or seen a few different, you know, a lot of people are assuming that um, the Don fan ones, which names I've forgotten. They yeah, don't have names also yet. not. Um, they do. It's like Great Tusk and something oh, else. Yeah, I know not the official code. names. Correct. Yeah, yeah. The code names. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I can't remember the code names currently. Um they're also not uh, uh, Paldean versions, so it's very interesting that we have uh, Pokemon with very similar aspects to other Pokemon that people might think are Paldean versions, but they are not. So uh, we only have one official uh, Paldean Pokemon uh, variant, which is uh, very interesting. So we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. You too can see what happens on Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as uh, Brandon plays through uh, Pokemon Scarlet and then uh, Violet. You know, just Violet. Out, uh, sorry. They'll find out when I come to the stream. Uh, <laughs> it's a toss up. What's a coin? I think I just like spit everywhere. I hope nobody saw that. And also, um, if you're interested we'll have a lot of coverage about pokemon we've got some uh pokemon content up now we'll have some uh uh impressions reviews hopefully some guides more lists it'll be great uh so keep it tuned to hp critical as i mentioned we're going to end a little bit early just 20 minutes early um and uh yeah if you're playing uh pokemon have a great paldean adventure hopefully we'll see you out there um good luck trainers um Friday is coming up very soon, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll have some we'll have a playthrough of streams. We'll have some content. It's gonna be a great time. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, we'll have a lot more to say next week as far as game news goes. Um, we'll have an official uh, impressions podcast out for uh, Scarlet and Violet very soon, and everything we've been doing. Um, and uh, anybody who's waiting on. <gasps> JRPG Club, it is coming soon. Lots of things have been happening, but it is coming eventually. Just keep on holding on. I apologize. And with that, I think we're good. Um, any, any, I'm missing anything? Are we? The only thing I'm missing is as a member of Team Rocket, uh, all the Pokemon, I'm going to take every last one of them. And the, 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 the truth was that, yes, Christy, everything I said was indeed a lie because they are all catches. But they will not be catches from the wild. I will be taking them from other trainers. So watch your watch your watch your Pokemon uh, come uh, November eighteenth and beyond because Team Rocket is making its way to Paldea. They're gonna be like Team Star. I don't know her. We're the only team that matters. 
this Pokemon, all your, all your Pokemon are belong to us. Stay tuned. Technically, I'm Team Star because I have a friend, one of my closest friends. Her name, her nickname is Star. Oh my god! So we saw that straight up, and 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 just a little saw that they named her a team after her. We're like, hmm. So you? She's like, yes, me. Well, now, Chris. Well, now, Chris, you have to uh, at some point cosplay as a Team Star member because to social solidarity with your friend. And also a little preview for next week's podcast, people. Uh, you know, this week I am here representing the OGs, Team Rocket. But uh, you might see some Team Skull next week. I'm just saying. I, I still got the fit. So, you know, it might just come out. That's all I'm saying. So something else I wanted to talk shit about, which I'm not going to because we don't have any time because I'm ending the podcast now, is uh, the the Terror Raid events. Um, oh, yeah. This, we got to train. This, <laughs> this Charizard event being like, First of all, this this Charizard event being like right after the game is out is doo doo tier, um, because like who is gonna be finished with the game in two weeks? I'm sure a lot of people are, but like who's gonna be Not finished in the, in the game with the game in two weeks to be able to go like host a raid for all of us to catch a Charizard? And you can only catch one per account per save, like. Broski, give me time to enjoy the world before you tell me rush so I can catch a damn Charizard with a dragon terror type. So I don't have time to Literally, they took, you know, they took the Sword and Shield complaints to heart. <laughs> We're making the game hard. We're not giving anybody any time to do anything. Good luck. Bye. If enjoy only, your time. If only you could do like home at the beginning because I have some, I could just bring some Sword and Shield mounts for the raid and just not use them for the story. So, but that ain't an option. Not until next year. And with that, good good luck, everybody. Enjoy your adventures in Paldea, and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 I don't have the greeting for Paldea, so I'm just going to say hello.